0: In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including the host actually getting Lou Gellerman's name pronounced correctly this time, unlike last week. Uh, I am your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined this evening by Hood Husky, The Darker Knight, and DJ. We may have uh, a few members of the the group uh, join uh, in process, and and we'll we'll say hello to them as, as they join. How's everybody doing tonight?
1: Doing
0: well. All good. Great. Uh, We never start any episode without talking about beverages, Uh, DJ. What do you got tonight? Except for
2: one episode, he didn't talk about it. But yes. We don't Uh, like to talk about that. (laughs) You know, I'm going back to the White Claw watermelon. Good old-fashioned White Claw.
3: Old-fashioned
2: White Claw. Nice. Uh, What flavor?
0: Watermelon. Gotcha. Gotcha. summer's coming. Yeah. Uh, darker night, how about you? Any beverages for the evening?
1: Uh I got uh, a vitamin water to my right and I got uh some teramana and some cranberry to the uh, left. Ooh, nice.
0: Nice. I haven't tried the termana yet. Uh oh, this man but... awesome.
3: wh- I'm I'm a, a, I'm I'm once again a basic a basic uh, a basic B word, man. You know, I got <laughs> I got my you know, just like just like Leah got her LaCroix, you know, cocked and loaded, I got my water cocked and loaded. You know, this is number two, though. This is number two, <laughs> nice. so we on leader
2: two. Dang, that's nice. one one whole liter in that?
3: Yeah, bro, Sider. Nice.
0: Wow. Nice, yeah. I've got uh, the very, very last little remnants of a can of uh, Zevia ginger ale that I uh, uh, poured a little uh, uh, whiskey into. Some love um, into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's that. Let's uh, move right into to Stupid Tweets. Uh, I think, DJ, you said you had one. Fire fire away.
2: I couldn't find the actual tweet, but it was basically an Oregon fan saying he went to Disneyland and literally instead of enjoying his time at Disney, wanted to count all of the sports jerseys that people were wearing. And, of course, for some reason, Oregon's up there high. L.A. Rams up there high. And he wanted to mention that UW had zero. But, yeah, enjoy your time at Disney. Quit counting jerseys. I wish I had the, the name of the person who tweeted it, but I don't right now.
0: Darker night or hood? You, uh, do you have any?
3: That's all. That's all, hood man. I, I, I have not. Uh, I do not have a stupid tweet. But what I will say, I will say, uh, um, it is a shame that Buki did not get invited to the combine. That's, a, that's sure. what I'll yeah. say. Time. Right. That, that's a stupid decision, not a stupid tweet.
0: Yep, absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, I've got a couple Uh, we'll we'll first recognize uh, one of Oregon's beat writers and Matt Prem 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 whatever however the hell you pronounce your name uh, that no QBs from the Pac-12 were selected to the NFL combine USC didn't send any offensive linemen just one front seven player Oregon had more receivers selected to attend than Arizona State USC Washington and Washington State combined like uh, obviously the the shade there is is primarily cast at uh, usc and washington and that and like yes congratulations because washington didn't send any players to the combine at the receiver position because uh we only had one receiver leave the program after last season and he transferred to usc so okay so from a possible group of uh of eligible athletes at, at the position we had nobody and we sent nobody cool stupid
3: <laughs> and who from who from who eligible got snubbed outside of Buki? was there anybody else that should have got a look and did it
2: i don't from think so you dub yeah not really i mean wadberg maybe that's the only one He's but like probably Warren, not White White oh you did watt, oh, yeah watt
0: got an invite Brian tyler Bowman. got
2: wait what about otten is he hurt otten. is that yeah one? oh yeah He's oh
0: yeah, oh,
1: yeah.
2: yeah so okay that makes Brian a four Bowman. yeah it's Ryan yeah. Bowman.
1: Yeah, I would say Bowman. Ryan Bowman's glaring, especially if yeah. Mel Kiper had him as like a draft yeah. eligible fullback and not defensive end. You would think he'd at least get a way. True. Agreed. Up. Agreed.
0: Yeah, but uh, uh, my favorite one, uh, and, and it uh, ties into a thread that uh, that we had some fun with, I think yesterday. Uh, so the lead into it was. Uh, us making fun of uh, the, the president's office of Washington State University for the mug celebrating their, their first Apple Cup win in a decade. So I mean, I guess when you get them so rarely, you've got <laughs> to, uh, you know, do it to, ele- you know, celebrate them to 11. But but Leah had said, remember that time you dubbed stomp Wazoo? Also me. Which time? Me. In the past 20 years. Also me. 2009, 11, 14, 15, 16, 17, or 19, <laughs> be more specific, mic drop. Then of course our, our good friend, or the you know, consistently relied upon for just stupid Oregon um, praise, uh, whatever term for genuflecting that he does, uh, Desert Duck eighty nine. The irony of this tweet. Oh my god! Yet another example of duck fans taking a con, in, inserting themselves into a conversation that doesn't involve them, them. what so fucking ever. Uh, I will say, uh, flock, uh, one of the good ducks on Twitter, or buddy flock is hot, uh, caught a couple of shots in that one. And that he pointed out, like it is really little brother attitude to, to, to focus on one blowout win in the space of 20 years to, to which I, I, I ask the question, well, if focusing on a couple of wins in a, in a couple of decades stretches, little brother energy, what is, uh, Focusing on a couple of decades in over a century of
1: history. Years, yep. Mic
3: drop.
2: Yep. I hate that, cool. that 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 duck guy. Yeah, you know what? Rude, Fuck bro. that guy. Yeah, I
3: agree, bro. <laughs> They're rude. I can't say that because, well, I can't say that. But man, I, don't I like said it. it. I don't, and, right. I, and I agree. Yeah. I, well, I before, have one more. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah. Fire away, DJ. Uh.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's actually a video, but the the tweet says from legalized quack. When you think of West Coast, it's Oregon. It's from the office coordinator from Oregon in an interview was we, talking about yeah. When you're thinking about West Coast football for college, you think Oregon. Like that's yeah,
0: that's we, we, just, yeah. Such lie. we talked. good and I talked a bit, a little bit about that last week. Yeah,
2: um, that was the
3: stupid tweets from 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 last week for
2: sure. Oh yeah, that's, damn, my bad. Nah, <laughs> no, but, no but, all good. But I think
3: acknowledging, like, the fact that Nick Pickett, a former player, decided – he's had a lot of stupid tweets recently. But just uh, uh, Nick Pickett hopping on that and kind of seconding it. But I just really like how – and I wish they kind of got the hint, but I really like how whenever Oregon tries to talk trash to USC or Bama after, say, the KT interview – they get sunned and it's not even like close and you would think it humble them. Like it's, it's a pretty uh, uh, significant sunning that goes on when they try to do, when they try to talk trash to, to the, to nationally relevant teams. So national brand though.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll be back there soon. So. Uh um, And yeah, just, um, before we dig in, like uh, the 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 first big topic of of the pod that we're going to talk about is the brand and the perception and the le- and the changes in leadership, uh, and and how the program is is looking remarkably different than it did, uh, you know, even three months ago. Um, but I do want to do give some quick recognition. Uh, certainly, men's basketball is currently uh, beating Arizona State, but a big welcome to Husky Nation uh, after her first game played. Uh, to Olivia Johnson of softball, two home runs in her first two at-bats as a Husky that were both Yellow. bombs and narrowly missed uh, homering uh, in, her third, in her third at-bat. Uh, and uh, it was uh, brought up in briefly in the, the Husky softball spaces that, that Coker and uh, Denise Johnson started today during the game that, uh, that those would, uh, if she'd been able to get a couple more feet of elevation on that third one, she would have homered to each field. Which is crazy.
2: What so, were you saying, Hooligan? That she's she was the third best recruit in that class from the which,
0: recruiting rankings. The yes. the third highest regarded prospect in That's that crazy. class, which means um, it's going to be an exciting. Uh, it's going to be really fun to see this class Heather Tarr uh, on the f- on on the field. Yes, the goat Heather Tarr. Uh, oh. Let's get right into it. Brand changes to the brand changes in in the perception and how the brand is perceived uh, and kind of the the leadership style and what we're seeing out of the department who wants to to talk about what they're seeing, what they like or don't like so far.
3: I think a lot of people feel like I'm the the dude kind of guy, but it's really tough to to say that all things aren't all signs aren't pointed up um, and up in a big way. Now, granted, Maybe you know we got a little PTSD from from Lake and just seeing straight competency. and we're like, oh, this is what it's even average looks like, you know. But this actually looks like excelling, and I don't, I, I don't even feel like I've seen um, any coach in the last twenty years immediately attack a national footprint, you know, and then have um, some uh, positive reception from um, those offers on a national scale, and uh, having players like Rashada. Um, seriously interested in us on the West coast. So we're, it seems like we're going to, we're going to be in play for a lot of the big dominoes on the West coast, um, and, as well as in the state of Washington. So that's great perception in regards to recruiting, um, things like junior day as well. Um, but I think the, the, uh, the, I think the off field perception will definitely take off for sure. When some on field production underneath this staff is kind of accomplished, um, us not hiring, you know, recruiters and things like that. Um, Definitely forced our hand in regards to that. Um, so that's just kind of the recruiting element. But then it, it, you speak to branding and things like that. I'll probably let when you guys get to the branding element and what you guys have seen in regards to that uh, increase. But we've all seen it, even to the draft, or, to, or sorry, to the um, the uh, Super Bowl uh, video they posted today. So,
2: again, talk about the branding a little bit more, maybe I'll touch on a little bit more after him. But the one thing I wanted to add to what you're saying about the recruiting is. Yeah, you're right. We're going to be in on a lot more players than we have been in the prior years. I mean, partially due because we're – sorry, I got kids in the background. Uh, Partially due to – we're offering a lot more. And so, yeah, we're going to be in, like, a lot of kids' top tens, top fives, more than we have seen the last few years. That's good. I mean, that means we're going to probably have a little bit more disappointment because we're not going to obviously get all those kids. But at least least we're getting our name out there and getting recognized for that. So I think that's huge. More hats on the – yeah. Go ahead. You're,
1: you're at least offering those kids, though. something we couldn't say in the past. We're not. It's yeah. not a passive aggressive approach to recruiting. You can see their actions are backing up the words when Kaylin DeBoer said we're going to hit the ground running. All the actions are pointing towards that from branding to recruiting, to building those relationships, getting out in the community, meeting people, you know, you got to reestablish yourself as we're the dominant program on the West coast and it doesn't happen overnight, but those little baby steps that we're taking are turning into giant steps over time that you can kind of see developing. And I love just where we're going.
0: Yep. Or at least one of the two that, that historically has been and should be, um, over the course of, you know, I mean, like without talk I mean, Oregon is not going to go away, but properly utilized. And we talk about it all the time. There's just a ton more resources that Washington has that they don't. Sorry, but that's, there's history that we have that they don't. Um, And if we properly leverage the opportunities, it's a, it's not a competition. USC is going to be USC. Like, like the only, like the programs that, that should be in this conversation. And like, if they were being run well. Honestly, USC and UCLA are should be the best two football programs in the conference, and Washington should be third. UCLA hasn't been properly run in since the late nineties. Yeah, like we. I mean, granted, we've had we had pockets of five years where we were well. You know, we had a pocket of five years with Pete where we were well run. Um, We had an early pocket in the in the early two thousands where we were where we were pretty good and coming out, it took us five to 10 years to come out of sanctions. Um, But the in terms of the brand, in terms of the I just look at it in terms of like, the first requirement for me is is efforting. Like, you have to execute. But first, you have to effort and for so long, we you know, with with Jimmy, we were clearly not efforting at all he was still trying to have the the Peterson, well, our, a Washington offer means something. And so we're going to be super precious about it. And it's like, it like Pete could get away with it because Pete had a repu, you know, had had the reputation of one of the top five active coaches in football until he stepped down. That wasn't Jimmy. And even Pete, like Pete could get away with it because he was such an exceptional closer when you got a kid to campus. But pete if he had had more of a uh, an outward facing willingness to market and really actually understand where his program and his philosophy would do the most good and how marketable that would be it's a completely like we look at we were 2016 2017 2018 we were on the cusp of being truly nationally relevant for a long time and pete recognized what it took to take that step but as time wore on he realized that it wasn't necessarily in his character to take that step um i think hood i think you said it in a previous episode about deborah that he's got basically either a a pathological uh thing about winning
3: yeah i was like he's got like a sociopathological like... like like obsession with winning, like his relationship with winning, like creating a hashtag with, from jump winners win. Like we don't do, where did that come from? That's like, you bring it all gas, no breaks, et cetera. You know, like mm-hmm. what Texas did, you brought your own thing in, you know, and then obviously inch two and dog D, but then I guess in relation we to, rolling. Branding and per- and we rolling, <laughs> shout out Mrs. Inch as well again. Um, but uh, we were talking about brand and perception. You know, we've discussed on the field and then we've discussed recruiting. Uh, but like, Seeing the actual like uh, videos that have come out uh, with McKeefry McKee getting down and dirty with with this uh, with this program going, um, uh, also like I said with the with the, the the Super Bowl going on and us branding our players and marketing our players that are in the Super Bowl, um, and then also too uh, just with just NIL opportunities um, from the whispers that I've heard, I've heard that we are very competitive with some of the best offers in the country. And then um, like we, I, we, I was kind of mentioning pre-show um, just about how NIL is going to be about, is, is going to be about those kids in the middle, um, you know, not those big time quarterbacks and things like that, making two point whatever uh, for beats deals, you know, but it's going to be those guys who are signing autographs here and selling jerseys here and selling cards and things like that here and uh, things like that. So um, we seem like we're in a really, really good place to be able to offer uh offer kids great opportunities in regards to that so i think that helps with perception and branding as well so um get ready to see more jerseys at uh disneyland how about that oh, yeah. <laughs> with, with
0: names on the back hey,
3: th- hey th- that's crazy that was a name that was perfect hey, time, I know.
0: perfect timing j kind of rocking the disneyland sweatshirt that's uh
3: bro that was cool. that was god right there man look at that.
0: Um, but, so welcome, J-Cap, let's, uh, quickly, uh, before I jump into, to some of my further thoughts on brand and perception, J-Cap, what are you drinking?
4: Uh, I got a rogue jam sesh. Nice. Nice. And That's
0: then, the- uh, we talked about a few stupid tweets. I, I, uh, called out, uh, Matt Prem for his invites to the combine. I called out Desert Duck for inserting himself into a conversation, uh, between Huskies and Cougs because they just can't handle... Football conversations that don't involve some reference to the or to the Oregon program. Um, DJ talked about Kenny Dillingham and his. You think of West Coast, you think of Oregon. I'm like, yeah, dude. And when I we, never mind. Uh, but any, anything else that you saw that was
4: particularly funny or stupid? Anything that's come out of at six in the last <laughs> three four days? <laughs> anything at all?
0: Um, all right getting back to the the topic at hand um i i think it 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 is i I couldn't agree with you more hood about what you were saying in terms of and and it's great to hear that the the brand perception i I certainly want to recognize the work that's being done by the the team over there like with us being one of the first 20 to come out and say hey we're gonna have through fanatics you know you can order a player's jersey and we're working on expanding that not only to football but to to other sports that is huge like yes the top that we were talking about it in the pre-show where the star players like a caleb williams or whoever is our starting quarterback this year you know whether it's michael Penix, whether it's sam heward um the the opportunities that some of those star players are going to get those are going to be kind of there will be similar opportunities at a lot of schools it's what you do to build out the rest of your roster and the opportunity for the rest of your roster and some of the athletes in your non-revenue programs it's going to make a huge difference
2: i'll,
3: I'll say too with uh, just a few um, local players that i do talk to you know this was about perception um, a lot of them want that u offer and they do everything to post online about how humble and coy they're being and things like that but but behind the scenes they're really excited to get that hometown offer and there's some that there's some kids right now who don't have uh, that offer right now who are you know chomping at the bit to get that specific offer so that you can talk about perception um the local kids seem to really really want that
2: i'll say this but i uh Hood probably knows more than me so could be wrong but you know he you mentioned us being at the being like the top, we're not the top, like are near the top. It seems like we're not there, like with like the USC's of like those schools for the NIL, NIL but we're definitely like above average or doing well. And from what I understand, because uh, we, we know other schools, like, we, I mean, we thought we were falling behind at first, right? Like, but from what I'm understanding and like what we've seen on social media, that it seems like we're doing a pretty good job. I mean, yeah, we may not have like the booster support or like some of these other top schools, but we're we're not too far behind, and so hopefully we can we can get up that level soon. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong.
3: In that, note, you're you're nail on head. In that, in I, I forgot uh, the, I forgot what um, media outlet released it, but in that article they uh, about the NIL and Montlake futures, uh, they had mentioned the boosters mentioned that they were late to the party. So that is an admission of like, hey, we we were late to this party. And then Jen also being more reactionary than kind of you know preventative, uh, just waiting for other people to do things, sitting on their hands. I will say, um, as currently um, constructed, I definitely think we're in the upper tier um, because we developed like tangible infrastructure and we aren't just throwing money at people. Um, if and it also it was a lot of it was swept under the rug. JCap can probably speak to values, but. Buki was paid a lot. Sorry, like I don't mean to uh, like I don't mean to put man's business out there. But I'm putting man's business out there. Man, he he was some he was getting paid a little bit of some some but the things that I've seen on his wrists and some of the things that I've seen on his feet and you know some of the things he was wearing so uh, we might not be telling people oh 2.5 this or and then also who are we going to pay that on the current roster? There's no big time five star high profile player so uh, we didn't have to worry about that. And that, I think that uh, the first year, that's a blessing, you know, so.
2: Uh, kind of side question, but who would you say is the biggest name on our team? ZTF, maybe?
3: Um, I'd say nationally, yes. Yeah, ZTF and Eddie. I think Eddie just because yeah, he, he, he finished that season and then also – Preseason this year was one of the the, the uh, nationally relevant players going into the year. We he's getting hype, for sure. So
4: P- PFF has him as the, the number one returning linebacker in football. Yeah, he, yeah. and he was yeah. the same thing,
3: and he was the same thing last year too. So yeah. I think he's mm-hmm. got more of that. Um, yeah, for sure. ZTF probably second on there, and then you probably can have Sam Heward probably doing some Sam back end things. Just for, yeah. for name
2: recognition, maybe. Yeah.
3: I mean, if he can find, you know, some, some, some contraceptive, some, some ligaments.
2: Bro. In a... yeah.
4: He has
3: to recapture Get the him. 2018. Castle
4: Stores Sponsorship, <laughs> please.
3: His name uh, on one of them things at the Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. Um. The, the one part of a rant, and this was something that I that I promised uh, this group a, a few weeks ago, um, when when it before some of this momentum started to happen, the one criticism, and I'm I'm glad that the problem is fixed and that they've put some infrastructure in place, but to, to the to the prior point about like us being as slow to it as we have been in terms of that, not just in nil but like marketing and outwardly like being proud and like pushing content consistently. Um, The resources that are available kind of unique to the University of Washington and the fact that as a consultative body or entity that we haven't availed ourselves more of the foster school and that, you know, people from the foster school haven't like told Jen, like, yes, it's a profitable organization, but you could be exponentially more profitable if you go out and like push content and actually like market yourself more. That's to me the one like what the like, how do you not fully capitalize on opportunities? Like, like upper camp, like, yes, upper campus in a lot of ways doesn't give a flying rip unless athletics does something that gives them, um, that embarrasses them. Uh, academically prowess, for example, uh, as we covered in a, in a previous episode. But I guarantee you upper campus is a lot happier and, and, and a lot less um, I, I would be surprised if they weren't a lot less interested in either meddling or, or really like figuring, like they're not going to be happy if we suddenly start losing money. Like we have, the UW athletics program has very rarely ever needed to, you know, has ever really ever run in the red and needed to, to I don't think we've ever really been taking money out of the general fund. And, and, you know, in the modern era of athletics, yes, we've had some years where we weren't profitable, but in the, the there is a bank built up in years prior. You have to capitalize. And because it, then the money you get from donors, which increases by, with success, by the way, goes that much farther.
3: So that's my current kind of kind of frustration right now is you have all this momentum momentum everywhere and the athletic department is slow again. You know what I mean? Like, they're not jumping ahead of anything. Um, my my biggest thing. Um, I got a DM asking like, why does everybody dislike, you know, Jen and this that, and the other? And I was like, she's not visible. Like, unless she's asking for money, you know what I mean? She's not visible. She's not. Then now I get there's a lot of other ads maybe that don't that are successful and don't aren't visible, but. You have like a young fan base you need to engage. You got a whole bunch of the buying market is 30 plus. You got to find a way to keep your dog pack there. You got to find a way to keep your student section there through the whole game. You know, Will Conroy is the one who's gassing come to the basketball games. Why does he have to do that? You know what I mean? Like where's the athletic department helping with that? There's no fan engagement there.
0: There's been basically a, almost two lost generations of fans based on the downturn in the program, you have to do more, not, oh, just rely and be complacent about, you know, like, and I think it's a frustration that I've had with the department for a long time based on how I was treated as a fan um, in certain ways that, like, there's just this sense of entitlement that still exists in the department. Um, I think it's changing, but, fans are the fans and boosters and people that donate and spend money on programs are the reasons that programs exist that's just how it is (laughs) um and and it's because of that institutional rot that we run into some of these challenges and that we're behind the curve instead of like and, and i'll give some of our rivals credit that they're out ahead of this. And like, they're doing so much to get fans excited about their programs and generate generation upon generation of fans. And that's what we have to be doing. Like, I don't want us to be Oregon and I don't want us to to say that we're something that we're not, but we have a ton of things that we should be goddamn proud of. And let's just talk about those.
3: There's a balance between Oregon and Stanford that is a legit contender. You know what I mean? On and off the field, you know, I think we definitely do in regards to branding and perception. I definitely do think we aspire to be the Notre Dames, the USC's, the Stanfords, you know, especially Stanford, look at their recruiting class. You know, a lot of people love rankings. Look at their recruiting class in regards to like the, the tier of the players, uh, the ranking of the class, but then also where the players are from, you know, they got a national footprint as well. And they kind of show that you can kind of do both, um, Uh, So have that have that prowess as well as have that national footprint, same as Notre Dame. So I think it it is kind of a a cool thing to aspire to be them, uh, aspire to kind of have uh, their brand recognition. And when I think it was David Shaw that said when he walks into um, into a school wearing that Stanford uh, S on his chest, you know, like the faculty, the students raise up and pucker up. and, And I think UW can definitely have that impact locally and nationally.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he's doing that off of like, and it's not like the opportunity for Kalen to come in and like his first full class that we'll see next year. It's a huge difference from from what Shaw was able to accomplish this year and that like Shaw's been there a long time and it like their downturn and their kind of fall from grace in terms of them being consistently like competing for the North Championship happened while Shaw was the coach. Kalen's got a blank slate. Like,
3: and a boatload of resources. Now, you guys have heard. And me he recognized kind of that,
0: of, and he's doing a great job with it, in my guys, opinion, and, and the staff heard, is doing a great.
3: Oh no! I was just going to say, you guys kind of heard me kind of mention how I, I didn't really like, initially, how much more support it seems like DeBoer is getting over what resources support Lake was getting. Now, I don't know whether he was asking or not, but it definitely seems like they are willing to do a lot to compete, Is a lot more to
2: compete. They're taking it more seriously.
3: They're taking
0: it more seriously, for sure. I think seeing uh, the stadium as empty as it was, a lot of, as it as much as it was this season. That's uh, unless you're completely inobservant and clueless. Uh, say, like a Todd Turner <laughs> going back in Husky history. Uh, that's going to be a big a big warning flag and say, okay, we've got to you know whatever we've been doing isn't working. We've got to change course. Dark Knight, Jacob, any any thoughts?
2: Yo, uh, well, my thought is uh, Riley Soren just got an alley-oop dunk in the men's oh, basketball listen. game. Oh, I didn't even know he could dunk. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think he was going to get that.
1: <laughs> not any not not extra thoughts on necessarily what what you, we were just kind of covering. It was just, uh, I, I just had a chuckle to myself. Uh, I was actually on the Montlake Futures website, and uh, <laughs> I was just looking at the founding partners, right? So Alaska Airlines, Costco, Amazon, Nordstrom, Percept Wine, we know this. And I'm just you know, I was like, hey, I for you know, shits and giggles, let me just look at the net worth. I stopped at Amazon and I see one point six five trillion. I was like, Yeah, okay, yes. All right, I think we'll be good in IL. We'll 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 figure it out.
3: We'll figure We're it. gonna figure it out, for sure. <laughs> and they and they're literally funneling like it, they're not necessarily funneling money, money, but they're for sure funneling opportunities to the kids. You know what I mean? And like I said, the basketball team, uh, I believe it was the basketball team, uh, just like signed balls today, uh, basketballs today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, wordle, it's Wordle's Word wordle. the Pause that.
2: Basketballs. Shout out yeah. to Wordle. Hey.
3: Shout out the word. I haven't played yet. I've been playing Words with Friends. Though. Oh yeah, but yeah. Oh, my so God. I saw they did an event like that. So that, it's it's looking really really nice, man. In regards to the resources available to be able to do that.
4: Yeah, Jacob. Any thoughts? I think you guys pretty much combed over all of it. There there isn't really much else to add. I mean, we have all the all the resources necessary to to make this. A competitive program in in every way. It's just a matter of, of using them properly and, and actually getting ahead of the curve instead of playing catch up. Yeah, really clearly really no excuses
3: cap. at all. Really quick, Cap. What do you what do you think about kind of like the brand and the and the perception of the program currently, um, and kind of the any foresight in regards to that as well?
4: Currently, I, I th- we're having to do a lot of of. Uh, damage control, obviously, with what happened national perception-wise over the last 18 months uh, with the program. Uh, but I think hiring guys like Courtney Morgan um, to do that national perception recruiting-wise, creating those relationships with schools and pro to to uh, improve what high school coaches across the states are, are thinking of Washington um, and then also I think Jamarcus Shepard is huge just the energy that he he brings to everything you've seen like when they um, the basketball game a few weeks ago I mean all the other coaches were kind of like yeah I'm ever I coach whatever and then he just like got much more of a reaction out of the crowd just because he has um, but I think it all starts with getting players involved in, in the the change of, of the perception of Washington nationally um, more so than, well, I guess I won't say more so because the, the perception of, of us as a program in the media and fans and all that kind of stuff is, is very important. But getting players to buy in, the change of the guard here, I think, is where it all starts you get the right product on the field, then everything else will follow. Um, So I think that Courtney Morgan, um, Spencer Hinkle, these guys that are proven to to recruit across the country uh, are, are huge hires for us.
3: I'm I'm glad I, I I completely agree, man. I'm glad you mentioned Courtney Morgan. Um I was trying to avoid that name this whole time. So, sh- 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 was doing. Also uh also Jared McIlwain um you know bringing him over as well from Michigan. Thinking
4: of I knew there was another guy I, and I was my, like I
3: I got you, player. <laughs> but yeah, and also Jared McIlwain, man, uh for sure, man. Uh, just the elite off the field staff. Um now Everybody is fearing USC and things like that. I think they hired – they did a good job in regards of balance. Um, As far as uh, recruiters and kind of scheme guys, I think Oregon kind of just went straight recruiting and was like, we'll figure out the on-field stuff. We just hope to out-athlete you. UW kind of went straight scheme, like we're just going to out-scheme you and we'll – We'll figure out the the recruiting now in relation to now what nobody's talking about is the off field hires. USC kind of maintained their level. Um, Oregon probably had the single most uh, important hire of the Texas A&M gentlemen. But everybody else is relatively okay. I think accumulatively we had the best off field hires uh, in this whole offseason that and nobody's talking about it. But um, good signs there.
1: Definitely. Uh, to kind of piggyback off what j was saying, uh, I, just, I just like the way he's not only reaching out to, obviously, the future Huskies or potential Huskies, but you know if that Lawyer Malloy hype video didn't get you goosebumps and didn't yes. bring back just some great memories and at the same time speaking to the youth, someone who's been there, done that, who has a footprint in the community, not only the community but the program, a huge name, Some, something like that where you're reaching out to alumni and the alumni are actually speaking and they're present and they're actually involved in the, not just the recruitment process, but just the branding in general, I think is huge. So not only are we doing it, you know, from the high school level, we're going, you know, to alumni, we're involving them in what we're looking to do with the program um, and really establishing that national footprint.
4: That's a, oh, That has Alameda, been amazing. Yep. Alameda to campus, Miles to campus, Savon that campus, Stanley Daniels to campus. Shout out to Stanley for uh, hopping into our spaces, being in the chat sometimes. Um, but bringing those guys back to the campus and getting them, getting people involved, like you said, from the top down, alumni, new high school recruits, future dogs, all that kind of stuff, that is 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 something that we saw zero from lake and his his staff um it's just such an easy w that lake just wasn't paying attention to at all my from here savannah is from here it's so easy to make one phone call to get them to come out and talk to the to the guys but um, it's something that should have been happening for a long time that wasn't and it's It's just showing how much more actual the strength of the program and the culture of the program it seems that Kalen and his staff is than than Jimmy was. Um, And to be fair, we all thought Jimmy was going to be that guy, but he wasn't. And now we have a guy that that is invested and involved in in the culture of the program here.
0: But I would also say that 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 criticism isn't just exclusive to Jimmy. I think that we've had a run of coaches Peterson to Sark to uh, Willingham, certainly to new Heisel that, I mean, the last one that was, I think more about the program than themselves was, you know, was probably going back to, to, you know, somewhat Gilby, Um, you know, he he better offensive coordinator than a head coach and and, and then to certainly to some extent about Lambright and, and coach James, but, like the the statement that that makes that like that because the has had really nothing to do with our history but he recognizes the importance of it and bringing players that didn't play for him and we've seen coach after coach that, that was more about themselves than about the program i mean and i'm not saying that peterson was entirely about himself because you know like he was trying to do right by his players clearly but it's it was very much just like his way and and I'm gonna celebrate the things that were kinda of done my way. And like he'll bring back his guys, but not necessarily his money ties to to eras that came before. That's that, a big statement about who Caitlin Devore is as a person and as a coach and, and what what his staff is about.
1: That extra me. effort goes a long way. And I think what a lot of people kinda of lose track of is Caitlin's journey to this point, right? like coaching on those lower levels really helped because, you know, when you think of those lower schools, you know, I went to a division two school as well, that when you're in those towns, all they have and all they know is football and the towns are just surrounded by really building the, the culture from football. in um, most, most of those, you know, cities, think of like a mountain union or uh, North Dakota state prominent programs that are you know, subdivision the lower level, but i guarantee if you go to those towns, you would think it's the biggest thing going in the U.S. You know, and him having that background and bringing that to a major university, it just speaks to his background and really where he wants to take the program and kind of following his footprint. You could just tell he's a he's a true leader. I truly believe that.
0: Yeah. Well, and in in okay. all honesty, you know, as somebody that that grew up here. It's where it's what this program was before like yes seattle is a much different city than it has been than it than it used to be but before the seahawks were anything before the mariners were anything before i mean sonics was a little bit of a different story um bring them back um but like this town was a husky football town and yes we had this and oh we have the seahawks oh we have the, the mariners but this town was about husky football there was, there's there's a, a there's there is an ethos and a I, i'm struggling to come up with the right words to, to what to, to husky football and it's tie with seattle um that that i think Kalen is the, is really the first to really get or, or at least try and get and bring back.
1: Yeah, it's the true backbone of Seattle. Even I – mean, uh, It just is.
3: Go uh, ahead. Uh, uh, just even that, that video today uh, where I, I referenced about the, the draft uh, – or sorry, the the Super Bowl, it was all-encompassing. Like, it wasn't just about the – about the the – the Super Bowl participants, it was also about the those position groups um currently at the university. You know, it they had Dom shouting out Taylor Rapp, you know, you had them going to the O line room um, you know, to shout out Coleman Shelton. So that was really cool.
0: Yep. Uh, I think we're we're kind of touching on some of the topics, but but J Cap had suggested a, a good topic, and, and we that we can kind of segue to now a week or two ago about like the one big change you would hope to see in the transition from Lake to uh, to DeBoer, uh and the new era. Um, J Cap, it was your top topic, so uh, you get to go first, my friend.
4: Uh, what we've already been kind of talking about it, like you said, for a little bit. Um, the embracement or the embrace of the tradition, uh, and the history of the program, um, is the one, one thing that I'd like to see change. And it's already starting to change. Um, one very small, I won't say very small, but something that not a lot of people might focus on. See happen is the awarding of the number two Jersey. Um, That was a big deal when it first came out. Uh, Chuck Carroll's family allowed it to be unretired. It was supposed to be awarded to a player that exemplified what it is to be a Husky on the field and off the field. Peterson gave it to Fuller, and then once Fuller was gone, there wasn't a word about it being given to Gordon. It's fine to give it to Gordon. He was a great Husky. He exemplified being a Husky on the field, off the field. I just want to see that be a part of our, our tradition. I want Because, I mean, you see what LSU does every year with number seven. It's not the same thing necessarily because it's very new for us. And and that kind. I want to see them embrace that and give it like when it is awarded to somebody eventually this year. The media content or the video content team has been doing such a good job highlighting everything else. That this is a alley-oop slam dunk that you can make as far as uh, invigorating that history and that culture into the new generations of dogs. Um, And it would just be so, so dope to see that and see them actually take that and run with it and and make it something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think that like I would love, it's really an old tradition. This is not, this is not my answer by the way, but, but along those lines. Uh, And I don't think you can legally do it anymore, but the best player on each side of the ball for the Huskies, I think back in the sixties were awarded a purple helmet and everyone else had gold. Um, And that was the, that was part of the That was part of the genus for, um, for Lambright going to the purple helmets, but that, but like, it's like the the Nebraska black shirts, you know, finding a way to tie that in or, or if there's a way to maybe put just a, um for whoever it is gets just like an extra like not like a buck not like the buckeyes or stanford or all of the the helmet sticker decal thing but just like one player on each side of the ball just gets one like extra piece of you know or 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 an extra stripe on a jersey or something to recognize that or kind of the leader of each side of the on each side of the ball would be a great way to um but uh hood dark dark knight who wants to go next on on Another thing that they'd like to see in the in the in the switch from Lake, to to the new era under DeBoer.
1: Mine is kind of simple, <laughs> especially just post game, win, lose, draw, whatever it is. Just be honest and give us an honest assessment of what you're seeing, what happened, <laughs> and stop stop speaking in newspaper terms. Just give us, you know, exactly what happened. I just feel. One of the biggest downfalls of the previous regime is hearing the exact same thing over and over after a game when you know the issues are clear. Um, and these terms of uh, "yeah, just didn't play Husky football," um, you know, just we just need to come on. There was we didn't define what Husky football was to say we didn't play Husky football under his regime. So just. I, I I don't doubt that DeBoer is he's gonna he's gonna be a straight shooter. He seems like he's a straight shooter since the day he's taken the job. His first press conference, he seemed pretty straightforward. So I anticipate that being an issue. Uh, and then secondly, I mean we we spoke about this uh, in the previous pod, but the accountability accountability from the top down. You're seeing it now, and all of the behind the scenes getting you peaks and behind, peaks behind the curtain that we didn't get to see before um, with guys actually training guys hitting PRs guys hyping each other up you see the team camaraderie guys didn't look like they were having fun last year and you can already see this year they're they're working slowly to get those guys in one unison as a family this is a family atmosphere you hear McKee preach that everybody's repeating what he's saying on a daily basis um you know what are the where our weekly goals where our daily goals push each other um i just think you're just gonna see a just a way better organ uh, you're gonna see an organized team obviously but just top down this is gonna look a lot better so that's what i'm looking forward to
3: um yeah i was i was gonna say accountability as well um but um since already mentioned i'll just say i'm just excited to see some fun football you know, um, once again, you know, you like to say a win, lose, or draw. Um, I just want some fun football. I've been spending, as you guys know, like, I got a YouTube channel and stuff like that. And I make, uh, like, little, um, like, highlight reels of some of our best players. And, man, like, in the 2021 season, it is impossible. It, 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 there, There's not explosives on offense. There's not explosives on defense. You can't really showcase any abilities like so it's the it's the toughest thing. So I just really want to see some fun <laughs> football, whether they're you know, win, lose, or draw, I want to see some fun football. And then um
4: Just Kyler tape from Cal. That's all you got That's
3: do. all I I gotta bring in, you know, his first two years when he got five snaps a game, you know what I mean? So uh, I mean, more special teams gunner plays. <laughs> Man, oh dude, right? So the highlight tape is full of gunner plays and <laughs> eastern Washington hard right. tackles. Dive left. but uh uh, there's no running back highlights but um i'll also say the the other thing i want to see is um it really um is is driving the resurgence at arizona and that's um involved in alumni you know what i mean like having the like um a lot of heritage a lot of traditions a lot of like even when it comes to jerk things like that just kind of really embracing you know, the glory days of, of certain programs, um, you know, and focusing on those, um, you, you think Fafita and Burnett and, you know, McMillan are thinking about the fact that they went uh, under 500 last year and weren't bowl eligible? No, they're thinking about, you know, um, the support they're going to have from previous generations and um, them being on some of the best teams at Arizona. So I think involving a lot of our alumni, which it seems like we're already doing. So, um, yeah, those are my two. So just fun football and then involving these alumni. I want to see them on the sideline. They talk about Shaq Thompson all the time. I want to see Shaq Thompson on the sideline. Um, rekindle, you know, that flame that you need to with Marcus Peters. Jimmy Lake ain't there no more. Rekindle that flame. Um, one of the best players in the NFL. If, so. if
4: if DeBoer can get Marcus Peters back, embracing the Bugsy's the GOAT, build him a statue.
1: Ah, you know what would know be dope is – if we had an honorary alumni or a special guest each Saturday, be able to lead the team out with the purple smoke.
0: Uh, the Husky legend know. should 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 help that, lead the
3: team that out. That should
1: be a, if know. they can run.
3: If they can run, <laughs> they can run. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get the wheelchair out there, power that thing up. Yeah, is it is it just, Husky Husky
0: Stadium? I mean, some motherfucker we'll out there with the the hover around. Oh, no, just, just uh, I mean, Dubs is still a young dog that, you know, they're built for sledding. Just anybody that can't run, just
1: mush, <laughs> let, mush.
3: Let, Dubs, let Dubs run it now. Just <laughs> pulling their walkers. Oh, God. Hey, but look, we but uh, you know, all four of us got a lot of respect, you know, on the platforms that we've established, man. So at the end of the day, you know, as we've seen, we get listen to, you know, so that's an idea that is a phenomenal idea that we can kind of put out there. And, you know, you got Husky athletics talking about Washington Wednesdays, you know what I mean? Yep. So that that's really, really cool. And we, so
0: we got to give a big shout out to Coker. Cause this needs to happen. And maybe once a season team for, for a big game, either a rivalry game or a big non-conference game team thing, the sale through Husky Harbor, through the sail gate, team to the stadium like bro, that is make so hard. it yes like got to have like it. good night i Cle- mean
3: cleats on a boat i don't know but you know what but, i mean but, right? but, <laughs> but <laughs> I
1: can lay
0: some carpet down <laughs> like the uh the other thing i will say and speaking of, of the the jerseys and you know and harkening back to, to old air jerseys like department Kalen, whoever's listening the 91 throwback jerseys from last year just make them the full time jerseys please just just do it. That's the way a Husky jersey should look without the helmet. Yes. Yeah. Just give me the
3: dub yeah, on a helmet.
0: True. And on the subject of the helmet, our w? bring back RW. Um. The, the the other thing that I was going to say, we've touched on it to, to building off of the hood of what you said about the the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to, on the scheme of fun football. Like I'm so excited to see an offense that's actually going to be able to put points on the board. Like. Like this team uh, and this or excuse me, this staff with significantly like I think total team composite, I think Fresno State was somewhere under 70, if not like in the 80s or 90s in terms of the amount of talent on their roster And and put points up on Oregon, put points up on UCLA, basically put points up on everybody they played. You've got a team that uh, right now I saw it uh, from our buddy Ryan Chill actually in one of the in a, in one of the national GCs. Right now, Washington's total team composite talent ranking is 18th in the country. Yeah, I uh, saw on, that. A, and a certain, a, certainly a decent portion of that is on uh, the uh, the offensive side of the ball. What this staff is going to be able to do with this talent on offense, it's going to be so much fun to watch. It's it's going to like the defense doesn't have to be perfect. It's going to be just so much fun to see our offense put points on the board.
3: What did you what did you DM me about Hooligan in regards to one of our receivers? Oh, well. <laughs>
0: hey my, man, my, what I will say a guy that I've been high on for a long time, uh, I, I will beat drums for I still I will still beat the drum for Cam Davis, but uh, if you haven't seen the workout videos uh, that the football program has posted and if you haven't seen the one about with featuring Romo Dunze. Uh, go look at it. Rome looks like he basically ate half of himself and, and put that onto his frame. Like <laughs> the dude is—he uh, is a bigger, bigger football player it than is. he was last say that fall. About
4: the team, though, because the yeah. got them boys doing work. Look at
3: the—I'll say two, two, two things that stood out was uh, Dom talking today in uh, in that in that um, that video today about the Super Bowl uh, players looking, looking huge. Uh, but then also, man, if if Husky nation wants to just kind of peek and see just the physique of Rome, um, I don't know what he was doing prior. Um, but he was kind (laughs) of having a a long lengthy frame and now man shoulders is touching his ears. You know what I mean? His chest is kind of getting bigger. And, you know, me personally, I was kind of really, really hard on him in regards to, you know, drops and concentration things. If you can play bigger, and you can play through contact. Confidence. Your confidence. You know, you can go up there and, and snatch those balls out of the air. You know, the footballs out of the air. Uh, so, yeah. Jesus.
4: Christ.
1: You're on a roll, man.
3: Because, man, j going to get me, bro. Like, I got it corrected. He's going <laughs> to he get me no matter what, bro. Name Dash memes.
0: Yeah, when we say pause, we're not talking about dog's feet.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Or Casey. (laughs) For the car. We ain't talking about Casey. No, no, but we're talking about uh, the offense putting points up on the board. I'm Mm. so excited to watch Jalen Polk get a full season.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Please.
4: We're just, the, I think we're
1: going to really love these formations and just Jalen, Jalen. And like
0: oh. in this, that uh, we were talking about a little on the pre show and some of the the video that Coach V has cut up. Uh, shout outs to Coach V. Like uh, that, th- the three by one formations
3: <laughs> just,
0: and the motion that these guys That's use. Like, <laughs> no, like you're going to need a Stanford education to have a prayer to stop it. It's, like, it's R- RP to the Pac 12.
3: Give, give me, give me. S- Five to seven games with uh, with Penix Jr., you know, and at that point, like I would say, like whoever the backup quarterback is at that point is also going to be locked in, and I think it's going to be a pretty uh, high octane offensive season. And then you you know we we um, as long we're as talking, we're healthy, as long as we're healthy, and a lot of people are concerned that will the defense drop off a level, and you got talent coupled with the coaching, they,
0: but. Like we were saying, the defense doesn't have to be perfect. The defense can give up into like three to four more points per game, and we're going to exactly. score. We should score seven to ten more, so.
1: I mean, we're going to score that just based off a of zone blocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Offensive lines actually going to be in shape.
0: Will, will, yeah. will we ever see an inside dive again no. from our smallest running back?
3: We <laughs> need to boo. Just boo. Whenever they do that, just boo. <laughs>
1: Oh, I have flashbacks in that Michigan game. Fourth <laughs> down.
3: Fourth and three. Fourth day. and three. Ran and died. Didn't even First block Aiden, I don't think. Didn't even block <laughs> him. Didn't touch him. I was
1: so perplexed on the call. I mean, I remember just staring at you like with a blank stare. We like, just looked hey, at each really other. You just call that. I didn't know Did what you try do. and gain momentum?
4: Oh,
3: man. Yeah. Thank God those days are over. We got Michigan State to
0: prove a point, so please, we're gonna we're gonna run down their throat. So, yeah, uh, let's let's win the first like that's the first two games mm-hmm. before we oh, really start. Off. <laughs> I, I, I'm not worried about I'm we're not worried about the way. first two games. <laughs> <We're
3: scared>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> There's no game look at see. how much
1: we duped about this time last year. <laughs> let's just
3: that's just sad right there. Someone Some though you look at like let's get past the first two. And then we past, we but also past too, past there's him. more. There's more leaks in the program in a good way. Like you know, Jimmy kind of, I wouldn't say kept a tight. You know, it was a, tight, it wasn't like a crazy tight shit. But we didn't have any understanding of what was going on behind the scenes. Like that stuff was really, really kept close to the vest. And we, there wasn't a lot of dudes who had scoops and things like that. And now you're starting to see like positive leaks and like positive scoops and positive things like. Austin Hartnell potentially, you know, like positive scoops and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. I think we can kind of embrace a lot more of the information that we're hearing and be more confident and positive rather than mm-hmm. just kind of projecting. So mm-hmm.
1: I think the kids are going to be more focused this year, too, especially coming off of a disappointing year last year. Plus, you have a new coaching staff coming in where you feel like you almost have to prove yourself again. And it's nothing's going to be handed to you. So it's a mind shift you know, you're, you're shifting your focus, but I think, you know, what happened last year is a blessing in disguise or it will be, I believe by the end of the year.
3: And the, and the buy-in, like, I don't think that's been, um, I think that's been understated. Like, you know, we were going to lose double digit players, you know, to the portal, you know, if, if Lake wasn't gone and the fact that Kalen was able to come in there and really get guys to buy in that were already on the roster. I think that speaks volumes to the type of leader he is and how he presented and probably in great detail, um, a lot of these kids' futures with him in their in the program. So, and probably knowing them personally and knowing what was going on, you know, with their specific situations, et cetera. So I think the buy-in is a huge telltale here uh, for sure.
4: His ability to recruit the players that are already in the program is more important to me than 2022 high school recruiting. I think the talent that we have here being able to retain it uh, is way more important than bringing in the new guys in 2022, 2023, 2024, That's different. But this specific high school class is just so much more important to me than retaining what was in danger of leaving. No disrespect. Obviously, that signed with us for 2022. I'm excited for them. I'm excited to have them as a part of the program. But we were in, in danger of losing some pretty significant contributors um, if then wasn't able to recruit them and, and get them to buy into this program.
3: And Now Absolutely. we're in a position to have 85 scholarship players with potential walk-on uh, players. And, and I would say, what was it a month ago, three weeks a month ago? We didn't even, we were concerned we were even going to touch 85 scholarship players. So yes. I think that's also a win as well, you know, in regards to if we want to uh, create excitement, we're talking about brand and perception, we can potentially have a spring game, you know, with, with that amount of, with, with a, a full roster, um, so not a preview. So that's also good as well, in and in a early sign of positivity from the staff.
1: Gives you plenty of time to build momentum to sign a huge class next year. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of uh, players, there's going to be a lot of attrition next year, you know, you got to bunch of sophomores that are going to be graduating <laughs> don't make no sense but <laughs> you got a COVID bunch of sophomores eight. graduating uh, a whole bunch of juniors graduating or seeking opportunities elsewhere um, so you're gonna have we're gonna need a, a full class here 25 mm-hmm. plus kids so y'all
0: good i think we're all good anybody else have any final thoughts before we uh call it a call it a show
3: Go dogs,
1: yeah. man! Go, go f- dogs! Go, go dogs!
4: Follow, we'll be back. Uh,
3: go follow Olivia Johnson.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: For sure. Oh, uh, dude, bombs. Yeah. Get her bombs. that NIL bag.
4: Yeah.
3: I need that jersey.
4: <laughs> yep. Let's go. Uh,
0: we will be back soon, either next week or or sometime shortly thereafter. Uh, we're we're also working to line up a conversation with Coker to cover the aforementioned softball team in a little greater depth as a season preview. Uh, but we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Go dogs. Go
2: dogs. Go dogs, baby. <laughs>